0: Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments
1: and episode notes from Uncle Eric. Welcome back, folks, to yet another great episode from the Uncle Eric Presents classic radio series. I'm so very happy you tuned in again. I hope you are enjoying listening to classic crime and mystery stories. Today, we make another visit to Sam Spade, private investigator. Sam shares with us another episode titled, Dead Duck Caper. This episode first aired in 1947. The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective was a radio series based loosely on the private detective character Sam Spade. This series ran from 1946 until 1951. This episode is brought to you by our friends at gliblips.com. At gliblips.com. You can watch thousands of music videos from the 1940s through the 1990s. It's a funny website name, but a fantastic source for celebrating 60 years of music. GlibLips.com is really a trip down memory lane. From the big band's era from the 40s, to the golden age of rap and hip hop of the 90s, there's something for everyone at GlibLips.com. Give GlibLips.com a visit and you'll certainly get hooked on the thousands of songs you'll hear and groups you'll see from your past, no matter what age. Enjoy! Also, please visit UncleEric.com to listen to all the currently available radio podcast categories and episodes. There are also hundreds of classic crime and detective television shows you can watch as well. They're really a hoot to watch. If you like this episode, please consider buying Uncle Eric a cup of coffee at the support link below. Thanks a million. Now, enjoy this great Sam Spade episode titled, Dead Duck Caper. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective.
2: Effie? 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 Oh.
3: I waited. Say what you have to say and I'll go.
2: You've been through a tough time, sweetheart. Well, you
3: didn't make it any easier.
2: You think it was a cakewalk for me? You think my nerves are made of rubber?
3: You have no nerves. You're just a cold, callous, cold detective. You're
2: going to listen to me. You're going to sit still, not talk, and listen. I when can't... I've finished, you can say goodnight or goodbye. But first, you're going to listen to me. You remember how it started? Yesterday evening, when you told me it was your mother's birthday, you were giving a party, you said, and you wanted me to come? I tried to beg off, being no social butterfly, but Mom would be hurt, you said. And so the next thing I knew, there I was at your house, surrounded by two dozen strangers, ten gallons of lemonade, and your mother.
3: I've been wanting to have a talk with you, Mr. Spade, about Effie.
2: I can't think of a nicer subject, Mrs. Spade.
3: <laughs> Effie is just so devoted to you, Mr. Spade.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I, uh, I'm i very devoted to Effie, too, mother. Mr. Brain. What I mean, is
3: do something The dying on the
2: feet oh, You want me to spike the lemonade, Effie? It just so happens that I have here in my pocket A bottle. of... I
3: have a wonderful idea It'll make the party one big happy family You just wait and see now Quiet! Quiet, everybody! What's
2: she up to? Some kind
3: of game Mother's kind of great we'll
2: on game? Oh, that's all I need
3: Your attention, please! Oh, oh! Excuse me, there's Miss Brand going on. Miss Brand? Oh, Miss Brand? Yeah, Miss Spring. Won't you join the party? I'd love to, but I have an appointment. Oh, what a shame! Oh, do stay. Thank you. Some other time. Oh, Lola's so nice. She rents the sitting room upstairs. I wish she could have stayed. Well, but I'll explain the game now. Oh, Mrs. Prina, I think I'll stay after. Oh, how nice! Oh, you brought a gentleman friend. Yeah, yeah. He. This is Marty. Marty? Oh. But Marty, I'd like to. Lois
2: sat down and crossed her legs at. me. Uh, left me, where I would have preferred to see a temple. I saw a tattoo mark. Her gentleman friend, Marty, was a small, stocky guy, all teeth and New York tie. He uh, shook hands all around, and it felt like the paw of a stale and stiff.
3: And this is Mr. Spade. He's a private detective that he waits for. Lola's from Kansas City, Mr. Spade. Oh. She's waiting for her husband to return from service overseas.
2: I'm glad he's coming home safely. Where's he stationed? Uh,
3: here. Japan. Yeah. He's... Now, quiet, everybody. Quiet. Oh, We're going to play charades. Oh. oh Very simple. Oh, now, you see, I am the captain of Team A. Now, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Burstyn, oh, he's so clever. You can be captain of Team B. Now, dears, quiet, everybody. Now, we we'll both select the members of our team, and then um. Each of you will uh, write something on a slip of paper. Uh, we'll write a quotation or a phrase, you know, the title of a song, whatever you like. Doesn't matter, just something interesting and clever. Then I think, yes, yes, I think that's right. You act out what you've written all in Panama. No words can be used, although sounds are permitted. Dears, you must listen to me or we can play safe. Now, you can't play unless you know how. Oh. And then your team must guess what is written on the paper. And you ask it out. Now, any questions? How
2: many words can we play? Oh, any
3: amount of words. Any, oh, yeah. No, not, not over ten. No, no too long. Yes. Yeah. Now, everybody... Teams
2: ready? were chosen. I wound up on now, Mrs. Perine's Team A. The slips of paper were handed out to the guests. I wrote down, quote the raven, Nevermore." So, I'd have to make like a raven. When everybody was getting settled, uh, Lola Brent came up to me. She pushed a slip of paper into my hand.
4: This is your charade, Mr. Spade. Yeah, but I got this it. fun? Please don't lose the charade I gave you.
2: And with that, she lost herself in the crowd. I pushed the paper she handed me into my pocket without looking at it. Her gentleman friend Marty, the little character with the New York tie, was out in the center of the floor acting his charade. He flapped his arms up and down, quacked twice, rolled over on his back. Nobody got it, so he did it again. Oh, no,
4: I quack, 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 quack. Wait a minute, our kitchen.
3: Dead duck! Dead duck! Dead duck! Oh, isn't that wonderful? Now, Team A scores a win there. Let's go on, please. Mr. 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 Dead Duck, we've guessed you. So will you please get up now, and we'll go on to the... Oh! Sam! Sam, he's dead!
2: And he certainly was. A deader duck I'd never seen. I bent to him, and his lips were turning blue. Somebody had spiked his last drink with a jigger of poison. One hour later, Dundee and the homicide boys, including the medic, had taken a sift downtown. No one could identify him. Lola Brent had brought him to the party, but she'd taken a powder. You and Mom were kind of shaky, so I decided to spend the night on the sofa in the living room. I only used up about three hours of it when I heard the front door open. I figured it was Lola. I got to my feet, crossed to the hall and found myself staring into the biggest forty-five I ever saw. Where's the duck? Who? He wants to know who, Poby.
5: Look, we don't want no trouble. You're protecting this duke. Okay. All we want is the duck. Try
2: Walt Disney. I should have known they had no sense of humor. The butt of the gun caught me behind the left ear. That's where it usually catches me. I don't know how much more sleep I packed away until I felt you shaking me.
3: Damn!
2: Huh? What, Effie?
3: They took Mom, huh? those gunmen. They took Mom. Well, what happened? They came into our bedroom. Yeah? They hit me. What? Right here.
2: Yeah? And
3: then they grabbed Mama. They wanted the duck.
0: Huh?
3: And what were they saying? They took Mom out with them. I'll call the police.
2: Effie,
0: no, no. Oh, they
3: got Mom. Oh, for heaven's sake, Sam. They took my mother with no,
2: them. No, no, we can't call the police, Effie. Not yet, They... They want something. They want the duck. I think Mom has it. She's safe for a while, but if we call the police... Oh, Sam!
5: Sam, what shall we do? What shall we do?
2: Keep our fingers crossed and play the rest of the caper by ear. So you promised that you wouldn't call the police until I gave you the nod. I went out to buzz the town. I figured it was an out-of-state mob, probably New York. The Gunzels were after the duck. That made no sense. They thought I was the muscle for the juke joint. I hustled over to Jenny the juke. If she didn't know the score, nobody would. Her place was dark. Finally, she opened up and led me into the rear. When I mentioned the duck, she shut down, tied up in a clam in December.
4: It's blisters, Sam. Blisters, I tell you. This ain't only the local law, this is the feds. Go away, Sam. My joint ain't juking for the duration.
2: Listen, Jenny, there's an out-of-state mob. They put the arm on my secretary's mother. She don't know the time of day they pulled the wrong feather.
4: I don't hear a word you say, Sam.
2: They're mixed up in the juke joint, Griff. You know who they are. Where's the duck, Jenny?
4: Sam, you're winging in the breeze, Now, Sam. give me a
2: rundown, Jenny, or I'll tear your ears off. I want that old woman back safe.
4: You can't muscle me, Sam. You know why? Because you'll tear my ears off, and that's where you'll stop. <laughs> that's where they begin.
2: Okay, Jenny, okay. One thing. Can you get word to them? Uh, maybe. Well, you try. Maybe. Tell them I've got the duck. I'll deal for the old woman.
4: I'll try. Go back to your office. If I can throw a little weight, you'll get a call. If I can't, you can come back for my ears.
2: And when I got back to the office, I had you on my hands. And that was no rest cure.
3: But I can't just sit here. Do something. We've
2: got to sit and wait.
3: Maybe they're killing me. Maybe... Oh, Sam, please call the police. No, no
2: we got to sweat it out. But I
3: can't. I can't go on like this.
5: Mr.
2: Spade, is it? Who sent you? Jenny the Duke. What's your name? I'm Dennis O'Rourke. I'm here to talk about the duck. Good enough. Come into my office, Effie, You wait out here. But say it. Wait here, I said. Sit down. Thank you, kindly. I'm a lawyer, Mr. Spade. I'm here to represent my client. What's his name? John Doe. Mm hmm. Jane Doe's big brother, huh? My client has been led to believe that you are prepared to uh, produce the duck. Is that correct? More or less. What's it worth to your client? My client is willing to trade the old woman for the duck. <laughs> you go back and tell your client I'm a big boy now. Well, I, uh, I don't understand, Mr. Spade. This town is loaded with old women. All I have to do is walk up and down Market Street, but there's only one duck. There must be a misunderstanding. Well, let me put you straight. I've got the duck. Where? That'll be cute. Your client wants the duck. Okay. For 50 G. $50,000, is it? Yeah, things are high all over. Yeah, but the old woman is uh, Mrs. Green. Aren't you interested? Now, listen, you can do whatever you like about the old woman. So you got an old woman. Get rid of her however you want. That's your sorus. What's important is that you want the duck. I want 50 grand. Do we play? Well, no, I. Uh, wait. Effie. I thought we had an audience the other side of the door. What were you? Shut up. Save it, Effie. This is business. Easiest money of the season. Well, if you're ready to talk business, we'll go and talk to my client, Mr. Spade. Now. And let's go. Hey, what
4: well, I heard you say. It. You can. Oh,
2: Sam! You've known me a long time, Effie. But maybe you don't know me. The United States Armed Forces Radio Service is presenting the weekly adventure of Dasho Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. The car that drove us down the peninsula was brand new. I could tell by the way the upholstery smelled and the careful way the driver handled it. O'Rourke, the lawyer, sat up front, and I sat in the back, squeezed between two gunners. The gun muzzle stuck into my ribs told me all I needed to know about them. The rest of it I had to guess at. Time is hard to judge when you're blindfolded, but there's only one main road out of San Francisco by land. I know the towns and stops along it fairly well. About 20 miles out of the city, the car turned off the main highway onto a gravel road. Five minutes later, the blindfold came off. The fog was so thick, I still couldn't see much. The gunners pushed me ahead of them into a shack that looked like a summer vacation cottage with a sign over the door that said, buy we. the Weed. A sallow, mean-looking little man with a heavily scarred face met us at the door. With his right arm, just above the wrist, was tattooed a small picture of a mallard duck. He
5: glared at me, and then at O'Rourke. How come? I told you, don't come back without her. Heaven be my witness, Ducky. I did my utmost. Huh? It seems, Ducky, that Mr. Spade is interested in money. What money? Did you tell him we got the old lady? I did, sir. I am afraid we've misjudged Mr. Spade. In short, Ducky, Mr. Spade is not in the least altruistic. What does he want? Uh, you had better tell him, Mr. Spade. Fifty thousand now, another fifty cheese when I deliver the duck. A hundred cheese is a lot of cash. You can afford it. Bugsy, bring in the old lady. All right.
3: Yeah, I do wish that you'd be to Mr. Morton. Sam! Well, it's high time. Do you know these men? This
2: was a cute trick, Ducky, but it's going to cost you. The lady spoke to you, Spade. I told you it's going to cost you, letting her see me here. And the longer she stands here staring at me, the more it's going to cost you.
3: Sam, what is it? If I've done anything, to make you angry. Get her I... out of here! If Mr. Morton said you were going to call for me, Sam. I don't
2: understand. There, there,
5: no my. So, hey, don't. Come alone now. Don't you worry about
4: it. I want to go home. Well, of course. I really want to go
5: home. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Faith. You've broken that old lady's heart. Stop drooling. Watch your talk, Sonny? I ain't any, sweet old lady. I
2: don't have to use words when I talk to you, Ducky. You won't do anything to me because I got something you need. Okay, A 100 G paid the way you said. Price has
5: gone up. Huh? Kidnapping's a federal rabbit I'm not taking any part of it. She don't know she was snatched. We told her we are from the DA's office, keeping her a knife as a witness. She'll find out different. I don't plan on settling down here.
2: Oh, that's fine, but I have to go on living in this town with that old hen alive and clucking. It won't be easy.
5: You mean you want we should knock off that sweet old lady? You're a little slow, ducky, but you get there. I've met some lousy low-down heels in my day, but you're the lousiest lowest oh.
2: Go on. Go on. I can take more of it at these prices. We ain't doing your dirty laundry, see? And it's no dice. My price is a hundred grand.
5: What if I say no?
2: Then I turn over the duck to the federal boys. In that case, I don't care whether the old lady stays alive or not, because I'll be playing their game. Either you're in or you're out. Now get over, Morden. When you decide, you know where to reach
5: me. Yeah. We'll know where to reach you. <laughs>
2: They drove me back to town blindfolded. And when they let me out of the car, all I could see, even without the blindfold, was the corner of Post and Carney. A streetcar came along. I tossed a coin whether to get on it. I lied down on the tracks and let it run over me. Came up head, so I uh, tossed it again, and I got on instead. I fixed in my pocket for a slug and came up with a folded slip of paper. It was the one Lola had handed me at Mr. Perrine's birthday party when they were passing out the parts for that screwy charades game. And folded it and glanced at it. Then I read it over very carefully. The writing was hard to make out, but what I could read of it said, help me. That man Marty has followed me here to kill me. If I get out of here alive, Maxie's arcade. I have a hundred dollars. I got off at Columbus and walked up to the International Settlement, where Maxie's Arcade does business. It's what they used to call a Penny Arcade before inflation set in. I, I dropped a nickel in a fortune-telling machine. Worried? Perplexed? Know thyself and your problems will vanish. A card came out that said, you're of a naturally deceitful and secretive character. Disloyalty brings its own punishment. It's never too late to mend." I tore up the card, kicked the machine, and that's when I saw it. It was a narrow little booth muffled in grapes, and the sign over it said, Salty Hawkins, tattoo artist. The card under the curtain showed some typical tattoo designs, anchors, mermaids, fancy initials, but one had a hand-drawn picture pasted over it. It was a mallard duck, the same as the tattoo mark I'd noticed on Ducky Morden's wrist. I pulled the curtain aside and went in. Yes, sir. What can I do for you, mate? Oh, well, you know about the duck. All in your jib, mate. There's no fish, water, birds here about. How about the new one you just put up in your cart outside? Oh, that one, eh? Now, whereabouts? On the arm, two, three colour job. On the leg. Whereabouts? The left knee. Well, that's right, mate. It was on her knee. Did she have you remove it for her? Right, guess that time, mate. Now, why? Look, mate. If I did, I wouldn't be telling strangers about her secret. All right, where is she? get it easy, mate. I haven't got time to take it easy, mate. Talk. You're sure, God, tempered against you. Come on, come on. I was going to tell you now. She says to me, she's if for me. Come in. All right, shut up. Where is she? Right in the back room, mate. Spade, open up. Hello, Lola. Finally worked out your charade.
4: Come on in, quick. Were you followed here?
2: I wouldn't have come if I had been. How much do you know? They want you a hundred thousand bucks worth. You tell me why. You've seen Ducky Morton? Yeah. Didn't he tell you? I want to hear it from you.
4: Don't believe anything he says. Morning, here and I didn't even give me the time of day. He says he wants me back that way. He's a liar.
2: How does he want you back?
4: With rigid mortis, he wants me back. I'm taking an awful chance opening up to you like this. Let him catch me. They'd only kill me. Humane. You was to let the DA people get at me. Ducky's mob would lay for me then if it took them years. And... Oh, gee, you don't know, Sam. They... They torture girls. What that mob would do to me if I had to testify against them? Okay, I
2: take your word for that. Who are these D.A. people you're talking about?
4: You never heard of Ducky Morton before?
2: I heard his name. I thought he was knocked over when they had the big racket-busting show in New York years ago.
4: Yeah, I guess a lot of people thought that. It wasn't healthy to mention Ducky's name.
2: What was the racket?
4: Juke joints. Giving Mickeys to servicemen, rolling them. That's why the feds are helping the D.A.'s office. They arrested hundreds of girls and held them as material witnesses. Only they wanted me, most of all. I broke the joints, you see, and then I was Ducky's girlfriend, during the duration.
2: I think you'd be only too happy to tell what you know about him in court.
4: Gee, I would if I did, but you don't know. The DA's office say they'll give a girl protection, but how can they?
2: What are you doing in San Francisco?
4: Running away. Had my ticket on a boat, I was going to Honolulu. They was watching the boats. So then I found this room out in Oakland. Mrs. Preen was real nice to me. I never thought they'd find me there. Then Marty showed up. Honestly, it was just a Mickey I put in his drink. Just like we used in the joints, I never knew it'd kill him.
2: You're a brave kid, Lola. Now look, Ducky offered me a hundred grand to deliver you. Would you take a chance on me fighting it out with him for half of that?
4: For 50 grand? Brother, where are we meeting him?
2: O'Rourke's car was parked outside my apartment building where I had a hunch it would be. The two Ghana's picked us up at the door, unloaded my hardware, and marched us up the stairs. Ducky opened the door of my listen, apartment Ducky. and
5: waved us inside. Listen, honey, wrong, outside, you two. Ducky, listen to
4: me.
5: Uh, sit down. You too, Lola. Ducky, I swear I never
4: said a word. I'd never talk, Ducky. Even if they chopped my head off.
5: We'll take up your suggestion later. I got a conference on with Mr. Spade here. You bring the money? Don't crowd me. There's that other matter. The old lady. How about the old lady? I keep my word, Spade. You delivered the duck, okay. The way Jenny gave it out to O'Rourke was the old lady for the duck. But you ain't got no ethics. You see, you figured me wrong. I don't kill old ladies. You're gonna kill the duck. I ain't no old lady. No, you ain't. And you ain't gonna get any older. And neither are you, Spade. He wasn't kidding. He really meant to knock
2: me over. And the gun he was gonna do it with got ready to speak its peace. I've made my play too strong. The way this type of gunsel thinks is simple, and I'd guessed it right. If you pressure him, they go the other way by instinct. But what I hadn't figured was that this killer had a heart of lettuce. He was gonna cut me down to protect your mother from me. How do you like that? And I couldn't change my play now. The wheel was already spinning, and so was my head. I tried to brace myself and waited for the blast.
3: Every little movement. <laughs> Oh dear, I've dropped the tray.
2: Mrs. Perrine,
5: what are you doing here?
3: I was just making some coffee for the boys. Oh dear, I've broken your cups.
5: That's okay, Mother, we'll take care of it. Bugsy, pick it up.
3: Oh, thank you, Mr. Bugsy. I'm so glad you got my message, Sam. Didn't Effie come with you?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I mean- Oh, I, I mean... wanted
3: to surprise you both together. I hope you don't mind my taking over the kitchen. It was so late and the boys were getting hungry, so I offered to make them coffee and hotcakes.
2: Well, that was very nice of
3: you. Uh, Mr. Morden, put that pistol down for a moment and, and help me move this table out into the room.
5: Huh? Oh, sure, Mother.
3: Thank you. Oh, we've had such a good time. <laughs> I've never been up so late in my life. Mr. Bugsy and I played a game called Blackjack, and I won $50. Wait till Effie
2: hears about that. <laughs> yeah, wait till she hears.
3: I suppose Effie will come with Mr. Bundy. Bundy? Oh, yes. I remember that Effie said you and she are often down at his office at police headquarters late at night, so I phoned there. And... Uh, mother? Yes, Mr. Morton?
5: Did you say you phoned police headquarters?
3: Oh, yes. That's where Mr. Bundy works.
5: Mother? What did you tell Mr. Bundy?
3: Well, just that you and the boys were here, and that we were about to have some coffee, and he said he'd just love to come up and join us, and I said do, and he said he would. With some of his boys. <laughs> did I say something wrong?
2: <laughs> no. No, Mom, not at all. <laughs> all right, boys,
3: Why well, I believe that's Mr. Bundy now. <laughs>
2: When the smoke cleared away, Ducky Mordant and his hoods were playing dead duck for keeps on my living room rug. And that rug just came back from the cleaners, too. Dundee and the boys from Homicide took Lola Brent away with him. After it was all cleaned up, I found your mother out in the kitchen.
3: Well, Sam. I just made another pot of coffee.
2: <laughs> oh, it's okay, Mom. It's okay. It's all over now.
3: I know. I know. I been holding this bag. Oh, Sam, I've never been so frightened in all my life. How does Effie stand it? You
2: played it good, Mom. You played it real good.
3: Did I? Was I as brave as Effie?
2: Braver. Not only that, you got more brain.